three. I'm not as excited as Kyle is. Because isn't his boomer bust? Like, I feel like in the playoffs of anything, I'm the most afraid of a boomer bust player. Like, just one off the top of my head, Devontae Parker, right? Like, Devontae Parker got hurt in the game. And people are going to stare at Devontae Parker like, how could you? J.K. Dobbins could be the guy who gets, like, a touchdown in 20 yards, and you're like, how could you? So <laughs> just the risk of him failing is too scary for me. Even though he's been good, you had the stats, I would stay away if I could. Some people can't at this point, but if you could, I would. Uh, with uh, Akers, Swift, and Dobbins, I feel about all the same about all three, is that they're all in some sort of committee. But it all is so obvious to us that they're the best of the committee and they should get the lion's share of the workload, but it's not, you're not 100% confident it's going to happen. We're not the head coaches. So, like, you're going off of reports, and Kyle said one of the Acres reporter, or, uh, Rams reporters said that Acres, like, don't be surprised if he continues being the workhorse. That gives you some confidence. But we saw with Gus Edwards. He gets a lot of work. Mark Ingram, you're no longer afraid of, which is a good thing. He gets the first play of the game, and that's it, which that literally <laughs> is what happened last night. One play, the first one, he's done. And then it goes back to Dobbins and, uh, and Gus Edwards. But you just have to go with your gut sometimes in these situations. Like they're, All of them, with Swift being back, are trending in the right direction, which is amazing that it's all happening simultaneously at the playoff time. Um, so, yeah. It's amazing that you guys, you guys started off so consistent and now we got some, uh, you know, guys like Swift more than Dobbins. Kyle's like Dobbins more than Swift. I think we're going to be pretty much all on the same page with this one. Clyde Edwards Elair, 11.6 going up against number one New Orleans Saints rush defense. He has had uh, Edwards Elair sub 40 rushing yards in back-to-back games. He did, though, have five receptions last week, which were his most since week three. So finally getting utilized the way he thought he would coming out of LSU as a receiving back. But he's the one of the, the few rookies trending in the wrong direction. What's the confidence level? If you really – because you probably drafted him in the first round, you're probably not making a decision about this because you're probably in a <laughs> consolation bracket. But if anybody does have him – and is still alive in the playoff hunt, where's your confidence level with CEH? Four, and he is a, the only place I would play him is in a flex in an, almost like a desperate scenario. Um, you're just going to have – you. Sh- but like you said, he was a first-round pick. Unless you got lucky with a James Robinson or somebody right. like that, right. you're, in tr- you're in trouble. I mean, if you're, if you're in this playoff spot, I hope to God you have another running back sitting there. Um, but he's at best a flex pick. He's about a four for me. I'm going to give this what was in Lamar Jackson's pants last night, and that's a two. <laughs> It'd be a one if you didn't play for the Chiefs. I'll give him a two. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was so well executed. Oh. I was going to say, there's no way you can go higher. Like uh, You're more confident in, in CEH over Dobbins. So a three and a two for Gaz. Please also know this is not scripted. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. And then the, uh, the other rookie, we will not forget this rookie like we did last time. This, I'm talking to you, Alex Hendrickson. Uh, Antonio Gibson. But uh, I'm not sure if he's already officially, but likely not going to play against Seattle with turf toe. Um, he probably would have been in that locket, um, you know, close to a 10 for us. But 
ruled out with turf toe. So that's a tough break for anybody uh, who has Antonio Gibson. Am I forgetting any other rookie running backs? I think that's all of them. Isn't that amazing, guys? Now that we've gone through that, like we've been doing this podcast for a very long two years. And I, this is crazy though. In all the years that I've done fantasy, I can't remember a year where there's so many valuable rookies at the running back position that could potentially win you a championship. Yeah, it's wild. All right, Kyle. Win, win people some championships. Who are the guys on the waiver? If you're going to stream a defense, pick up a kicker. I'm not sure if you have a kicker on this list. Who are the guys that you want to stream uh, and pick up on the waiver wire? Not wasting my time with a kicker. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> well, one quick note about that. Did you see the news out of Tampa? Talk about that they're all on COVID reserve right now. And so that is a, do you roll the dice? So you, I mean, suck up has been a top five kicker for most of the year. And I'm just saying, you know, you might be able to stream a kicker. Good luck. Just don't take Parky. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Find a kicker um, who kicks indoors. My yeah. best advice. So I tried to go for this week's waiver wires one per position. I have one honorable mention on there. Um, but for the quarterback spot, he played last night, and boy, has he looked good over the last two games. Baker Mayfield, he's he's cooking. Uh, back-to-back 30-point games. Decent matchup this week against the Giants where I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, Baker's going to have to play well. And if these two last two games, he just played a very good Ravens secondary and torched them, if he can play even similar to that, he's going to have a 20, 25-point game. That's enough to win you. And then he's going up against the J-E-T-S. So if you're in a team that's streaming a quarterback, uh, grab Baker, 29% owned in the ESPN leagues. He should be there. Uh, but I am, I'm actually getting more and more love for Baker as these last couple of weeks have gone by. I love it. I love it. Um, so I'll run through these real quick. Then we can just chat about any, any of the other ones. So running back. So this is probably an, uh, a blatant one, but surprise, surprise, everybody. Raheem Mostert has an ankle injury. Stop the presses. Big, big news here. Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, only owned in 13% of leagues. You don't really need to do too much talking about that uh, San Francisco offense. He should be getting in line. If he get 11 touches when Mostert went out last week. Um, so there really should be no, no question here. He's also got um, Arizona. And, or excuse me, Dallas this week and Arizona in week 16. So very good matchups going there. Um, so I do like Jeff, um, Jeff Wilson Jr. The honorable mention, we just talked about a little bit, goes to Gus Edwards. Um, he is 24% owned. Um, he, he's got some of those moments where you're like, ooh, I could start him in a flex. Ooh, I'm desperate. I need, I need to try to salvage something. He obviously has um, get some carries in there. No Ingram. You're, you're between Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, Gus got two touchdowns last night. He also looked pretty good on the goal line and within the 30. So Gus Edwards, I think, makes the honorable mention just because he could save you if you are in a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation and you need that running back to sub in. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm not going to go with my absolute sleeper yet. So wide receiver goes to Mr. Rashad Higgins. He is only owned in 8.6% of leagues. Listen to these wow. stats. Two touchdowns in the last two games. Six catches in, the la- in each of the last two games. A whopping 19 targets over the last two weeks. 
Um, with Baker cooking, I love huh, – I put Huggins, not Higgins. Um, I love Higgins this week. Pick up Coach Huggins, baby. <laughs> Weird. Um, but my favorite part is he is going to solidify him as a wide receiver too this week. I think looking out – and then you've got the Jets. What can he do against the Jets? So, love, love Higgins, especially if you're in that – got two wide receivers. What's your flex look like? He is a must start and a great start in a flex if you can grab him, especially over these next two. He could help you win a championship because you just need to fill that flex, flex spot. So, love Higgins. I'm going to skip my tight end. I'm going to go to the defense. <laughs> I'm going to go to the defense. Um, this one – uh, the defense is very thin in the two leagues that I really dove into into wire looks. Philly. So, a little gross, but they have been a top 10 fantasy defense this year. Only been negative twice. One of them was uh, very early in the year. Um, they do have – people will be afraid of this week's matchup with Arizona, but Murray has not been the same since getting injured. I think he hasn't had a 20-point game in four weeks. So, Murray oh um, – Murray hasn't been great, and their run defense is very good. So if they can take away Murray's ability to run, Kyler might try to force some throws. Get, you might get a pick. Um, the other thing you have to look at is Kenny and Drake had, had ball security last week against Giants, and he fumbled three times, and they got him all back. But um, he put the ball on the turf. He even took himself out of the game because he was fumbling. So um, I think they'll be able to produce six to ten points pretty safe next week. Um, and then the championship week, if you make it's Dallas. So I think you're going to want to start them if they play Dallas. So love Philly. Then the tight end spot. So you're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report here. Chad, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I'm just waiting for Dawson Knox to come out of your mouth. Oh, it's not Dawson Knox. No, 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 no. That guy can't catch. And I love you, Dawson, but you can't catch one. Um, <laughs> I hope I say his, his name right. Durham Smythe. Does anybody know who he is? I've he heard is the that backup name. in Miami. Mike uh-huh. Gusecki went out. He is hurt. There is still no real idea if he's going to play. The tight end uh, of involvement in Miami has been wild. Now, Mike Gusecki is proving to be potentially an elite tight end. He is great. The dude's got hands of gold. But the other thing you've got to remember, Parker might not play. So they're going to be down to just a couple wide receivers and Durham Smythe. So the tight, with the tight end involvement there, I think he could be a home run hitter, especially if you have like, your starting tight end is a Janu Smith where you rely on those red zone targets or, you know, you have a lower tier tight end who hasn't been producing. If you are in one of those where you're the whole, I hate the forecast standpoint, but if you're in need of, I need a big play, what's my least potential uh, risk, grab him. The tight end involvement's there, especially if Parker doesn't play, he might come out as the second catching option for, um, for Tua. So um, I actually kind of like Jeremy Smite this week. Um, so for quarterback isn't there, Baker, isn't there a, another tight end Sheehan or something? Um, I think Sheehan is also there, but I thought Smythe got the majority of the look. You got more of the work. Okay. I, be- I believe that's what I was seeing. I remember I had a week where I had to start Mike Gusecki early in the year and Sheehan, I think his name is Sheehan. Yes. Scored I'll- like two yeah. touchdowns. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. But yeah. Interesting. Smythe. So, okay. Yep. And, bo- and just, you know, both of them had two catches. Both of them had about 20 yards, and both of them got 2.9 points last week. So, um, we'll see what happens. I kind of want – I would roll the dice with Smythe. Interesting. I like it. I like, I like the Philly play. I think we're – like you get stuck with when a, t- a defense has been bad 
for a year or two, you're like, All right, I'm never touching that defense. They can't, you know, was it, was it last year or two years ago? Like everyone just threw on the Eagles. Like they could not defend yep. the pass at all. They go get Darius Slay, who I think you also have to know, keep an eye on his injury report. I think he got injured in the last game. But they've been playing much better. They've been playing more of the, you know, Fletcher Cox blowing things up and playing better defense. So you can't always get stuck with the, you know, right off a team because they were bad the year before. These defenses can figure it out and, uh, and perform. Any comments, guys, on the waiver wire ads? Are you, are you feeling it with Baker? Love Baker. Love the call on Baker. I think the other ones, this is a tough part about <laughs> we go back to this every week it seems at this point i promise you chet depth doesn't matter you're getting zeros on your playoff lineups this is the point that it doesn't matter <laughs> you better have a good lineup out there already deandre walking was a big pickup be careful is my advice here the next two weeks because yep. you don't want to overthink a start on a waiver wire my be- best advice and i think Kyle might agree with this too use the waiver wire as a hider is what i call it don't let your opponent who might lack a running back, tight end, quarterback, start that person against you. Seriously, dump your guys and just don't let your opponent beat you on a big waiver wire claim. I know that sounds a little cheaty, but like nope. that's how I, I play it. the wire. I love it. You want to block you want to block your opponents. And the other thing I like to say, and I think guys you were kind of hinting at it, is like backups are backups for a reason. There there are certain situations that are better than others, but like you always have to calm down a little bit when you're like, Oh, Josh Jacobs is out. That means that this is going to – no, a backup's a backup, and you have to temper expectations sometimes. They're not going to have the same production because, again, there's a reason why they're the backup. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at these guys and filling in for injured players. All right, guys, you're up. Real or Mirage? We already touched on one with the the playoff lineup set up, however you want to do it. What are some other Real and Mirage this week? Yes, three quick ones here for you. I enjoy all these. Real or Mirage, if you could pick one player on your fantasy football teams this playoff stretch, you get one player, anybody you want, that player would be Derrick Henry. Real or Mirage? Well, let me pull it. We both take our phones out to see who he's going to play. <laughs> Do you have the matchups in front of you guys? I uh, don't, I but here's – I don't even need the matchups. That's how confident I am by real oh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I'm going to say Mirage. You said real? Okay. Real. Yes. I'm going to say Mirage. What's that? Lions in Green Bay, real. Mm, yeah, he's going he's gonna to feast against the Lions, isn't he? Yep. Well, that game might get over early. I don't know how much fourth quarter usage he's going to get. Uh, without looking at lineups and off the top of my head, I would probably say Devontae Adams. Ooh, okay. He might be I, my number one that I would want. That guy's just like – he's literally guaranteed a freaking touchdown every week. It's become disgusting. Yes, I, I'm, I'm definitely. I definitely would. I, you know what? You Ooh, did, right, right? did I you sway you? I don't even know who they're playing. I don't know who the Packers are playing, but I just, I just sit here and say, running backs are so darn valuable that would I, would I rather have a 20 point performer in the next two weeks or a possible 10 and then be able to sub in a good wide receiver? I don't know. That's tough. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna go real with with Henry. I would love to have Henry over the next two weeks. Yeah, it's it's weird about Henry because like real quick here on the fantasy talk conversation of the playoffs, we know all time great fantasy football players, Ladainian Tomlinson, Peyton Manning. We know players in the playoffs that have been good, like real football, Tom Brady and others. There's not like a combination of like the greatest fantasy football playoff player. Maybe it's too many variables. Maybe it's still too fresh. Henry could become that guy. Henry mm-hmm. could become Mister December if you want to call him that. 
in fantasy football. I would go real. The next one, real or mirage, the most frustrating player in fantasy football playoffs will be Taysom Hill. Mirage. Because as fun as it's been, and if anybody got to sneak him in at the tight end position, he likely wasn't your QB one. And maybe you were desperate and you had to play him. And, and he actually, again, he did well as, as the starting quarterback for the Saints because of those rushing touchdowns. But I think it's pretty easy. I'm not sure what the exact report is. I know according to ESPN, they're expecting Drew Brees to start this week. Does anybody have an update on Brees' status? But if Brees is out, you're not obviously you're not starting him at quarterback. Are you saying like you'd consider you, – you'd his only designation this week would be quarterback. I would say real. Why I think about Taysom Hill is because if you have him on your team, the rushing touchdowns are so taste, you know, so tempting. And if you're playing against him, you're probably screaming like, "Why are you playing Taysom Hill? Why am I losing to a tight end?" Like that's the frustration level. I think if you lose against Taysom Hill, you're never gonna let yourself go. True, because everyone had a shot at him too. I guess if you. Yeah, everyone did have a shot at him because he didn't get announced the starting quarterback till later in the week, a few weeks ago. So you, you could have picked him up if you were on top of it. But is, is it true or false? Isn't Breeze supposed to come back this week? I heard some rumors that he was. I heard they were not going to rush him back, whatever that means. Ooh, so there is a chance you'd get him again for a quarterback position. Yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're saying because you just be like, this is – it's because you could be doing so well, meaning like you're facing T- Taysom Hill and – He's only put up a few points, and then he rips off a 30-yard touchdown run, and you're just like, what is that? It's kind of the same thing you sometimes feel when you're facing Lamar Jackson. He's being contained. He's being contained. 50-yard rushing touchdown. You're like, oh, I'm going to lose. That, that's fun. Uh, so, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's going to become irrelevant by next week. Uh, I think he goes to the bench. Now, that would have yeah. been interesting, though. If, if Breeze came back this week and Taysom was reverted back to playing more tight end snaps, that would have been an interesting championship scenario for fantasy. Of uh, It'd be the first week that he'd be back as a tight end based on his previous snaps that week. That would have been super interesting. So I can't imagine they're just going to completely eliminate him from the passing game. Now that they have these packages, they've seen him succeed at the goal line. He could, I could see a situation where Breeze works the middle of the field and Taysom gets it within the 20 as a quarterback. So yeah, that but that likely won't happen if he doesn't if he doesn't play this week because then it'd be too late. Yeah, Mirage as well. I th- I think there's I just think there's so many other players that are I, I would be frustrated with like Kenyon Drake's one that just frustrates me every time. One day, Bill, I mean he's been great the last two weeks, but before that he's been he was so hit and miss. I mean DeAndre Swift. I, there's there's so many other players, and then I think there's also options on the waiver wire that you could potentially just be like oh, okay, I, I I after seeing Taysom Hill kind of be contained a little bit. I would bench him, so I kind of go with Mirage on that one too. Last one here. Now, I got to explain it a little bit, as I usually do my last money Mirage, to give it a little context. Real and Mirage, if you're playing in the playoffs, you must play every player at every position in your lineup, a.k.a. if you've got a lead on Monday night football by three points, you're not allowed to bench somebody for the Monday night game, including defenses. Real Mirage, you must have to, in every league, start everybody in your lineup and not try to bench guys when you have a lead on a Monday night game. Mirage, Mirage. bench them. You got the dub, you bench them. Has, so, has, has that ever come up before in one of your leagues? 
Of course. It's yes. a hot topic. Oh, uh, yeah. Nope. Bench him. Game in the bag. Not risking it. So what, what happens in this scenario, Chet? Say you're up half a point going into Monday Night Football. Stat corrections. Say, say that happens and you have a running back. Well, obviously running back might be different, but what do you do in that scenario? I, I agree. I think it's Mirage. Bench them. Get them the hell out of my lineup. I, if there's a stat correction, shame on me, but nah. That would be tough to live with. If the stat correction, and if you'd played the defense, you would have won. Ooh, baby, that might be my retirement for fantasy right there. I'm in a couple bonus leagues where, you know, get 100 yards rushing, get three-point bonus, 300 yards. You know, if you're at 99 or 101, like you guys are saying about the stat correction, I, I know I would bench him. I, so it's Mirage. I know I would. But as someone who's out of the playoffs in some leagues, I don't know if you guys – I think you guys are like me, where you follow what's going on in the league, obviously. Sure. It takes away the drama for me. So I can rip apart everyone who does it until it's me because I would do the same thing. But I want as much drama in my league, especially after that Ravens-Browns game, that I want them to be forced to start everybody. It makes it more fun. We peaked <laughs> that game. We are never going to see that the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to throw out a real mirage that just popped into my head because I was thinking about doing this uh, in one of the leagues that I'm a commissioner in. Real or mirage, rules should be set in place for these playoffs that if a Monday – I'm going to use Monday night as the example. If a Monday night abruptly gets canceled because of COVID, that so – we've had, this is going to be – I'm not going to do the normal real mirage because it's so long, but you, you get the yeah. gist. So earlier in the year, we've had COVID scares, right, where we've talked about on this podcast, you should allow people to say, this is my sub for this player. And maybe we should have been doing this all along because there's a chance where tests come back on a Monday before the Monday night game and they have a positive and they can't play the game. And then you didn't have time to say, I want this wide receiver. Like, cause we have, it'd get, it'd get frustrating. It'd be a lot right. of texting in the group texts that are already long enough, but because it's playoffs and this is crucial, should there be rules set in place that says replace it with the highest projected bench player? I would go real with, with how you said it. Who was the highest projected? I so we don't have to go and like figure out, like, again, you, you could do it via text if you wanted. Like, I would rather have DeAndre Swift than Cam, whatever. But if you don't do that, it should just be an automatic. Somehow, if Monday night there's a co- you know, COVID outbreak, they cancel the game, it's your championship, and you had X amount of players in that game, what do you do? So, like, should there be rules in place as it's freaking 2020, guys? We don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours every day. So, should we put rules in place to make sure this will be our fallout plan? These will be my back. Like, what do you guys think? Real Mirage, that rules should be put in place so we make sure that these championships don't get ruined. I think you're going down with the ship for a Monday night game because there's no fair way to do it. Because why is it not the lowest? Why is it the highest? Why is it not the second highest? It's too arbitrary at that point for a Monday night game. Let's you're saying the entire game gets canceled too, right? Like you can't go like, you know, you can go get RG3 or McSorley if Lamar goes. It's the last game of the week and a Monday test. You, you had no inclination that there was going to be COVID. It was just like tests come back. Lamar took a shit and he's got COVID. Game's canceled. And now you're just like, oh, my God, my QB1. Like, you just don't get that. So you say, over, champ. Dude, you imagine how irate people would be? I think that's the only way you can do it because if you pick the highest scoring people on your bench, 
the highest so, projection. Projected. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Of it's not unfair. Of like, well, yeah, clearly I would have played Rashard Higgins, who had three touchdowns. That was obvious. No, no. no. So based on this was my highest projected backup running back, and it could be a goose egg. It could have been a horrible game, but it's like no matter what, if I lose my Monday night players, God so hates it. It's too arbitrary. It's too – I know it's very on-brand for 2020. I can't do it. I can't get with it. Oh, See, it's God, funny. This I is, this is reminding me of I'm in a, I'm in a pick em league where we just straight up pick the winners and losers every week. We've been doing it since college. And one of those college years, my buddy had a golf tournament or something, and he forgot his picks. And he texted me at like 105 at kickoff on the links. He goes, just for my picks, I want all the favorites. He goes, he goes, I don't have time to look at the games. Whoever's the favorited team, that's my pick for all of them. And I, I was livid. And I, <laughs> when he came back, I go, you will never pull that again. Um, but it's kind of the same idea where it's like you're going with projections. I don't know. I'm thinking about including that in one of my commissioner leagues. Guys, you're in the playoffs in that one of those leagues. So I guess we yeah. will not be incorporating that. I'll put it out as a feeler. But if you make the championship, which you're facing your co-host, LeVac, this week, if you're in the championship and you lose your Monday night game, I'm going to laugh and laugh. <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> All right. Final part of the episode. We end every episode, at least in this 2020 season, with the name game. Oh, Kyle's getting – I think I've stumped you guys like two weeks in a row. Was it? I think so. I'm losing track. I know I stumped you guys last week. Or actually, we didn't do one last week. So two weeks ago. All right. Name game. For the hottest hitting safety in the league. Buddha Baker, Arizona Cardinal safety. What is the real name of Buddha Baker? Is it Buddha Baker? Is it Brighton Baker? It's like bright with O-N at the end. Brighton. Is it Bashard Baker? Or is it Robert Washington Baker? Hey. What was Oz C? thinks it's Buddha Baker. What was the third one? What was C? Bashard Baker. I'm going to go B. Brighton. Brighton. Both of you have been stumped again. It was C. It was C. It was Bashard Buddha Baker. Buddha is just his nickname. That's not actually is on his birth certificate. Yep. Dang. Failure. I really thought the Robert Washington was going to get you because it's like Buddha's kind of like Bubba, kind of like Bob, Robert. Nope. Got you with Brighton, which I just made up. I think that's a town in Massachusetts. I thought Robert Washington was a Syracuse reference. They almost unretired 44 for that recruit. If you could look that up, that story. (laughs) All right. That's it. That's another edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. Hopefully, we're going to help guide you to a championship. We're all in semifinal matchups ourselves. Shoot us a text. Send us a message on Twitter at what the underscore fantasy. We'll try to answer your questions as we, uh, we wind down on the fantasy football season. Final words. Enjoy the playoffs. Roll around yep. on the floor. Have fun. Enjoy these last couple of weeks of the NFL because it has gone by way too fast. Just like the diarrhea drama. Coming up, one of the best games in NFL history. 
Welcome to week 15 of What the Fantasy, joined as always by Tom Gozlowski of 104.5 The Team. Give him a follow at T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. We're also joined by Dawson Knox, a.k.a. Kyle Ray. <laughs> Give him a follow at Ray Ray 8134 I know this is a podcast. You can't see the video. Maybe I'll take a, I'll take a screenshot and I'll post the picture, but Kyle's hair out of control, but actually maybe more controlled than ever because he's got the headband on with Bill's <laughs> Mafia looking just like the tight end for Buffalo, Dawson Knox. One of the, one of the picks that Kyle said he was going to be a great fantasy tight end. That didn't happen, but he's got great hair, so I'll give him that. Boys, how are we doing? We're doing pretty well. I mean, I survived after last night with uh, Mark Andrews by the skin of my teeth that felt like any second. I mean, if he caught that 50-yard bomb, it was over. And then in my other league, um, it's a two-week playoff system, and I'm fairly certain I'm safe being up 80 points. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that league. It was such an insane final game. Guys, how how did you do? Because we're in a league together, the What the Fantasy Football League. It's first year of existence. Two of us on this podcast have made it to the semis but it literally came down to and I couldn't wait till the next day for them for the update of the standings I was at the station at 11:30 doing the math because it came down to point totals guys you actually end up winning the regular season title because of what happened in that game which is just crazy amazing finish um happy to win a regular season championship you know on this podcast especially how often I see how amazing an accomplishment it is to win a regular season title. But this week in fantasy is going to go down as an historic week. As much as we saw heartbreak, like Kyle, if a certain thing worked out with him, he'd be in the playoffs. I feel like that is just a fraction of what's happened to other people this week. It's awesome. Love fantasy football. Loved what happened over the course of the last few days. We're going to dive into all, because there were so many big performances last night on Monday night as we record on a Tuesday night. But back to the What the Fantasy League real quick. Guys, did it feel like you won a regular season title? Because you finished with, what, a, a 9-5 and five record? Um, uh, and it, it was so crazy because I was actually in the driver's seat to win the regular season title. But in that game last night, there was a chance. I was literally a few minutes away from a regular season title, but also had a chance of missing the playoffs because of that game. How insane, insane is that? One end of the spectrum to the other almost missed the playoffs. You don't get leagues that tight where it's that close. And our format's a little different because we had the semis and because it's a smaller league, we had semis the four weeks where you don't see that happen. That's what made it so much fun that you have really good teams and some of those teams like Levac and Jared Phillips and others are competing each other for the spot. And if they lose and this team's in, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And I, yeah, it feels like I want a regular season, but I still have work to do. I feel like a real NFL team, there's still work to be done. I, I felt like I was back in 10th grade trying to do math because I had my calculator out and I was trying to carry the one and there were some decimals that were being, you know, really tough to figure out. But in the end, we have it figured out. We're, we're in the semis. But you bring up a great point, guys, because we are in a – it's a 10-team league. And as the commissioner, I made the decision when, when setting the different format options, I decided usually week 13 is the end of the regular season in fantasy. But I added a week because, in my opinion, with 10 teams – I think only four teams should get in. So this is kind of a little bit of a tease 
we're going we're gonna to do a little early of Real or Mirage. Real or Mirage, should there be a, a standard when it comes to fantasy playoffs? Because just even in our circle and people that I play fantasy football with who are in multiple leagues, it felt like everyone was at a different stage. We were wrapping up a regular season. Uh, one of my friends, Gardner Royce, who works at CBS6 with me, he was actually in a semifinal game, which that felt weird to me. And then, yeah, Kyle and I are in a, a two-round semifinal. And another league, I was in the quarterfinals that had a bye week for the top teams. It, it's weird because we're all experiencing an amazing Monday night game, but the implications are different for all mm-hmm. of our matchups. Here's what I'm going to say. Real or Mirage, should the one standard be yes. that the championship has to be week 16? Yes, that was the one thing I was going to say. That's 100% real because we, we now have to make a gentleman's bet on the or gentleman's agreement, excuse me, on the one league that Chet and I are in because the commissioner didn't pay attention and had week 17 as the final week of the season. You can't do that. No, there are too many fantasy implications. The entire Bills team is going to be sat week 17. The entire Chiefs, the entire Steelers, all of them are going to be sat in week 17. There's no point in having a week 17. I love how leagues can do it differently. I like how you did it in uh, the What the Fantasy League, how we had an extra week because there's only 10 of us. Love that. I think the only standard is no week 17, no matter what. End it in week 16. You guys agree with that? Totally agree. Real. I got to go back there. Just so I, need some, I think I need some clarification. Somebody listening might need clarification. Take us through what a double semifinal playoff round is. So I was actually it, – it's, it's different. This is the only league I'm in that does that, and I'm actually not totally against it. So we actually – it's a, also a 10-team league, and so four teams get in. But we actually started the playoffs this week with a two – so it's two games. So week 14 and week 15 is, is against the same opponent, and you combine the scores from both weeks to figure out who moves on. The issue that the commissioner made is that he did weeks 14 and 15 and the championship as 16 and 17. So the gentleman's agreement that we're now going to do is whoever makes it to the champ – we've already agreed with the semifinal teams. We've already on the same page. It's going to be a one-game championship. We're not going to include 17. So it's a little bit weird because the semis are two rounds and then the, the finals is just one round. But I do kind of like it where it gives you a chance where if you have an off game from, I don't know, Kyler Murray, who didn't play great this week, a little bit down for his numbers, you now have another chance of like, all right, he, maybe he can pull me out of the, the depths of this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trailing by 30 points. Maybe I'll have a big game in, in week 15 and I can make it. We, yeah, we're in week 15, make a championship. So the teams who have – okay, okay, I got it. Because, like, when I hear that, because some leagues, if you have – like, let's say, for instance, you're in a 12-team league and you have six teams make the playoffs, you might see top one and two seeds get buys. So you double match – just to clarify that, that's interesting how they set that up, though. But, yeah, week 16 official, and then, like, we just all set it in green upon. However you get to week 16, whether it's six, four, if you're in an expanded league, 14, 16, if there's eight teams – whatever it takes to get to that final championship week 16. I think we talked about it last year at the same time. We were all kind of in the same agreement that 10 team leagues were in favor of four teams, right? And 12 teams, six. And basically just the general rule based on the size of your league, don't allow more than half of the league to make the playoffs. That's just like my basis. If you're in a 14 team league, probably still going to stay at six, right? Maybe eight. I don't know. I've never been in a 14-team league. But Eight. 12 or 10, keep it, keep it at 6 and 4. 
Have you, have you ever been in a 14 team league guys or anything that's bigger than that? Two of them. I'm in two, two of my, Ooh. two of my five leagues are 14 teamers. How do they do the format? Eight, eight teams. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Cause like the buys are kind of lame. Like, I don't know. It's just, you get to see, I guess you get a, a week off from being stressed out, which speaking of stress, and we're going to talk about this Browns Ravens game, but speaking of stress, there are games on Thursday, games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in what's the most pivotal week of the year when it comes to fantasy. I am going to be stressed literally 24-7 because <laughs> I'm going to be tinkering, and they're, and they're all very fantasy-relevant games. Like with the Chargers, I mean, what's, what's the status of Keenan Allen? Austin Eckler's banged up. Mike Williams, do you play Herbert? And then Saturday, you have the Bill. Oh, my gosh, my head's going gonna, gonna to pop off. But before we talk about all that, <laughs> Let's go back 24 hours to, like we already said, one of the best games we've seen on Monday night, best game of the season this year. The Ravens wind up beating the Browns 47-42 to in the game that Gaz is calling diarrhea drama, maybe some clogging Cleveland, or how about my favorite, do-do-doom for the dog pound. <laughs> Yes, I got Kyle to laugh. I told him I was going to make him laugh with that one. <laughs> uh, before we talk about all the doo-doo that happened, how about these performances from a fantasy perspective? Baker dropped 30. Lamar dropped 35. Nick Chubb with 23 points. Kareem Hunt with 26. J.K. Dobbins found the end zone for 13. And Mark Andrews with what feels like a pedestrian 10. I know Kyle's a big fan of that because of his matchup that he ended up winning because Mark Andrews did not get one of those big touchdowns. But a lot of those big names had big performances on Monday night. And the amount of swaying that happened in those fantasy matchups was immense. And I have silence. I have guys that are just staring at me right now. No, you're right. <laughs> that was a weird. That was a weird setback. I was like, I thought he was going to keep going. Didn't you? No. Know? Like I'm like, like Chet. You could have gone on for another four minutes, and me and Kyle have been like, yeah. I mean, he's only did about ten percent of the storylines of that game so far. That's how. That's a compliment of maybe that's why we're speeches. We're just like, where do we even start digging in this game? Like honestly, I, look when you go through the history of fantasy. I thought this is a hyperbole when I thought about this last night. Why can't we have the discussion of this as being one of the most influential fantasy football playoff games of all time? And I know that's like a really hard thing to quantify because of how long the league is, but with everything that happened in the numbers, like that's Chet, the, the point that you went through is very important because there are going to be some people who won't ever see that total from individual players in one game in a fantasy football forever. Unless they change the rules again in football, we truly may never see something like that happen on a Monday playoff game again. All those rushing touchdowns, uh, it was, wasn't it like the most in decades and decades that they had that many rushing touchdowns um, in a single game. Like we said, back and forth for the fantasy matchups. And then uh, Gaz and I were talking about this right before we started the podcast. It had such a big impact, not just in fantasy, but for Vegas and also for playoff implications. I mean, these are two teams that are vying for a playoff spot. The amount of things that changed in that fourth quarter, reality, real life, gambling. And so on the gambling perspective, I have actually never placed a wager on a football game. And, really? and, this, is, and this is why I would be so distraught. Like <laughs> it, it's hard enough for me 
to, to watch fantasy matchups. You, you lose in the final quarter, the final drive. That's tough enough for me to sleep at night. How do you sleep at night when you feel like you made a great bet? Because a lot some of these sport books uh, closed at three and a half points. Three and a half points that the Browns were underdogs. And you were about to cash that ticket. But because of a ridiculous, I mean, they threw a bajillion laterals trying to make a miracle at the end. And Jarvis Landry ends up running out of real estate, falls out of the back of the end zone, two-point safety, and now you lost your bet. How, how do you recover from that? You know, you know what, though? Now I'm curious because, Kyle, you and Chet had this conversation in our private messages, and now I'll make them public because nothing says private like talking about it on a live podcast. Um, Chet had just mentioned he never legally wagered on a game before. You both have discussed potentially wagering on the Bills this week legally. Because of the finish to that game, are you more likely, less likely, or no effect on placing that wager now? Kyle, I'll go in on that wager with you if we win. Well played. <laughs> um, no, so I, I bet on sports once, and it was when Denver – it was like three or four years ago, Denver was supposed to be nasty. The Bills were going to be terrible. I threw 25 bucks down, and I was like, oh, let's see what happens. And the Bills absolutely mopped the, the Denver Broncos, and that was – and I lost 25 bucks. Like, it is Wait a second. Know. Wait a second. That's who they're playing this weekend. So you're telling yeah. me the only oh. time you wagered you lost and it's the same matchup? I'm yeah. out. I'm out. <laughs> but Go win that money without me. The, 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 problem, with, the problem with that is, um, is a, for me, it's, I go with a lot of emotion in it. So I, don't, I wouldn't look at the right way of doing it. Like, no. The, the, a Bills fan who's too emotional? What? Weird, right? But the line opened up at, what, five and a half against Denver? It, right. You look at that and you go, that's easy money. It's, well, I, think it's, I think it's already moved to six and a half, if I'm not mistaken. It's still not But bad. it did open. It did open at five and a half. I don't know. And I see, I'm seeing Twitter people saying that, you know, the Broncos are a scary team and they might – I don't – I don't. Vegas is smarter than us. That is what I have learned in my 29 years of life. So, like, it could look juicy – and you're, it's just never going to go the way you think it will. And something stupid will happen. Drew Locke throws a Hail Mary. Tim Patrick scores, and we end up losing, even though the Bills win a convincing game. Yep, I'm, already, I'm out. I'm talking myself out of it. Um, so we talked about the ending, and now we're going in reverse order here. The, the <laughs> Lamar Jackson storyline, how hilarious has this been where we all see it in the game, Lamar Jackson – is a no-show for a drive, and it gets reported that he's having cramping. But we see him waddling into the locker room. Um, I've never seen someone who has a cramp run. So that looked right? a little that, – that was the most <laughs> suspicious part to me. I actually suffered from, from leg cramps in high school football. Kyle will laugh about this. Oh, I cramped every game to start my high school varsity career. I had to get electrolyte pills, and that solved the issue. But, like, when you get a cramp in your leg, the last thing you want to do is run. So I looked, it looked suspicious. It looked like he was trying to pinch something off in his pants when he was running to that locker room. And then the jokes just start flooding in. This is one of the rare moments where I actually love Twitter because you see just some hilarious memes and gifts. And then they make jokes on the broadcast and they ask him questions. And he has to say, even in the postgame presser, I did not pull a Paul Pierce. I thought it was just great because that's not always the access we get in the NFL. That kind of felt like an NBA like the access we were getting, the jokes and kind of stuff, like this league, right? So how, that was hilarious, wasn't it? And I guess the question is, do you think Lamar actually 
had leg cramps or maybe it was a stomach cramp that turned into the diarrhea drama? It was definitely diarrhea drama. He was waddling. He had no grimace on his face. He, the one trainer went back with him. I mean, why, I why do you, why do you go to the locker room for cramps? Your trainers yeah. are on the sideline. What was yeah. in the locker room that you needed? To like get it like it was, massaged or something? Is that what he was saying? It was definitely fishy. Nothing makes sense. And Chet, you, you did a nice job setting that up because we never found out what he actually had a cramp in. Now, the broadcast said cramps. And then the least assaulters postgame, he said he had cramps. Okay, where? Calf, thigh, uh, stomach. Where were the cramps? We never, no one ever said where so the maybe, cramps were. Maybe he was telling the truth. I had cramps in my stomach and then I had to go relieve myself. But I thought I. I thought it was when you did calf cramps. You said calf? I think I might yeah. have seen it somewhere. It wasn't said on the broadcast, but I think maybe afterwards in the post-game presser, he might have mentioned the specific, specific part. But it was so crazy because that happens. You don't really see that, especially at the quarterback position. That I mean, he missed crucial drives in a – it was not must win, but a pivotal game for playoff positioning. Two teams – that are both vying for wildcard spots. I mean, the, um, the Browns still have a shot to win a division. And now Trace McSorley is running the offense, and everyone's just like, what? And again, this goes back to why this game was so crazy, not just from a real-life football standings, but if you had Lamar Jackson, and he delivered. I mean, he delivered in a big way for a guy who has struggled for a lot of the season in a fantasy perspective. He was having a huge game, and now he's missing a series, and you're like, why? Where? Where is he? And then he comes in, throws. Wasn't it the first play that he threw the touchdown? Fourth yes. and five. Fourth down, down. Throws play. a touchdown to Hollywood Brown, who figured out how to catch a football again. I mean, you could not write if that was like a movie. You're like, that's fake. Like, come on. There's no way he missed the game, missed the series, came in on fourth with the game on the line. No, that doesn't happen. He also came in on fourth down with Trace McSorley hurt. Yeah, he that was brutal. Unbelievable. Really, it really was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, absolutely crazy game. One more thing that I want to ask you guys uh, about the Browns. This doesn't really have anything to do with fantasy at, at this point, I guess. Are the Browns better without OBJ? Oh, I, I, I've been finding myself asking that, and I think the involvement of T. Higgins has helped. I, they they really aren't better. I think the offense is just more more wide open because you're not forcing the ball to OBJ. I'm wondering if the the uh, the Browns have some of that. You know, we we pay OBJ. He we gave everything up. We got to get him the ball. We got to get our playmaker the ball, and and stuff kind of revolves around it. Whereas now they're more loose. They can involve both Chubb and Hunt at all times, and all of a sudden you get Landry who's a great receiver going across the middle there. Then you got a deep guy in T. Higgins. Everything just opens up where there's no play for one wide receiver to make something. It is now an entire offensive team uh, generating the offense. So, I mean, from a, from a team standpoint, you're probably right. I mean, they are producing and doing a lot better without OBJ, but the talent for OBJ, if, he could, if they could just figure out how to put everything together with that, that's, that offense could be unstoppable. And, and uh, I do love me some, some, some T. Higgins, but you're, you mean Rashard Higgins. T. Higgins for the, for the Bengals. Yeah. I was going to let it slide once, second time, you know, I, I got yeah. to jump in. But no, I think you bring up a great point. They still have, without OBJ, great weapons. And I'm not taking away, like, OBJ's great. And, like, every team would want OBJ's talent on their team. But, like, we're talking about something that, like, 
it's all, I think it's all mental. And so that's why we might never know for sure. Like we don't know what Baker Mayfield's thinking unless he straight up comes out and says, I felt pressure to get the ball to OBJ. But like, that's the only thing I can think is Baker now is playing looser. I mean, these are two of the best games we've seen from Baker since his rookie year, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's, he's just slinging it and having a good time and getting people involved where maybe now in back of his head, he was like, I want to make sure OBJ's happy. I want to make sure OBJ's happy. And you force the ball or you, the defenses know what you're doing. And they have these weapons that they can still use. And Kyle brings up the two most important names, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Those are the best weapons on that team, even with a healthy OBJ. Those are the two best weapons on the team. And that's your bread and butter. I go to this and I said this when Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. I, I, I'm actually, I said on this podcast with you guys, I said, okay, here's what's going to be ironic about what happens over the next month, a month and a half with the Browns. You're going to have two things happen. Either one, it's scenario one that's happening now. The Browns will win and will question whether or not they need Odo Beckham Jr. Or number two, the Browns will lose and people will question Baker Mayfield's future. It was never going to be, well, you know what? The Browns are losing. Do they need Odo Beckham Jr. back? Or if the Browns start to win, hey, um, is it because of ba- – like, I don't know if it's just the negative thing that's around Cleveland or the narrative was easy because the team is better with Odell Beckham Jr. He is. Without Jarvis, well, with Jarvis Landry and him, they're great. So if he has a target for Baker Mayfield to throw to, the team gets better. But because they win, they're now a better team without it's, – it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that, that. Because if they lost, no one would be saying, oh, they need Odell. It would be Baker. Everyone would blame Baker. So I knew this was coming, and I think they should still stick with Odell Beckham Jr. going forward. They're only a better team with That him. makes the most sense to me. It does. But sometimes things don't make sense. We're like, on paper, you're like, yes, OBJ makes this team better. But this offense has still somehow been putting up. I think they're averaging in the last two games 35. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 35 points over the last four games. How many offenses could put up 35 points in the last four games without their number one receiver? Not a lot. The, the Falcons ain't doing it. I'm sure the Bills wouldn't do that if they lost to Fon Diggs at this point. They would not be putting up 35. How would the Chiefs do without Kelsey? Yeah, or or lose a a guy like Tyreek. Like, offenses are supposed to struggle without their number one. It just – it doesn't make sense. It hurts my head too, guys, because I'm like, OBJ's great. This offense should be great, but it wasn't great with him. And it's just – maybe – I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out. Chet, Chet, here's a great example, right? Here's another great example Odell Beckham Jr., right? The Giants are starting to win now. Now people are saying, see, we don't need Odell Beckham Jr. But then when they were losing – how many conversations people are like, well, you shouldn't have traded Odell. It was just kind of like quiet where it's like, wow, the Giants are rebuilding. <laughs> like no one wanted to conveniently bring it up when the Giants had no number. Hey, how come we can't throw the ball? You're down Saquon Barkley. You have no targets. I wish we, oh, we traded Odell. Oh, let's not mention that. People might remember. <laughs> so true. So true. How do you think, how do you think OBJ feels watching this happen? So, like, obviously the Browns lost, lost last night, so they're now 9-4. and four, But they were so close to becoming a 10-3 and three team that's balling out on offense. Like, what do you think it is like for him at home? And obviously he's boys with Jarvis. Like, he wants – I know he wants to see Jarvis do well. But do you think a part of him is just like, uh-oh. Like I, – I was wondering that, too, because everything you hear about OBJ is – like, it's the same – storylines you heard with Stefan Diggs when he was coming to Buffalo was like, he's all about himself. He's he blah, blah, blah. But I would hope OBJ is stoked because if you've seen Baker sling the ball, like he has the last two games, 
that's gotta get you happy. How are you upset? I don't, I don't know. But there's so much that involves OBJ where you can see him sitting in the couch going, oh, I should be on the field. I should be my touchdowns. This should be my money getting this. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And you know what? As bad as that kind of sounds, it's, this is going to sound really weird, but hang with me. Isn't that a good thing for Cleveland? Now, I know, like, Cleveland's been so bad. Like, here's a perfect example last night's game. LeVac pointed this out. He goes, look at the Cleveland sideline when they kicked that game when he field goal last night. They're all, you know, they're all ticked off. They're all mad. They're upset. In Cleveland five years ago, Cleveland ten years ago, they were like, oh, yeah, I know, it's another day for Cleveland. Like, they were, let's remember, they were down two touchdowns. There are not a lot of Cleveland Brown teams over the last 20 years that are coming back down two touchdowns against the MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens. They came back. So I know it's like they care. They're different. You know, if you have passionate dudes who don't want to accept losing, I'll take those guys all day. I agree. I agree. I, I like it better when the Browns, even though I grew up a Steelers fan, I shouldn't root for division rivals. But I, it's more fun when the Browns are in it. It's a cool storyline. Hopefully, you know, they get into the playoffs and they can uh, maybe make some noise. Uh, back to fantasy. Uh, one of the players that we saw last night who scored a touchdown was J.K. Dobbins. So we'll talk about him in a second. But that leads right into we've talked we've touched on it a lot on this podcast. What the fantasy? Give us a follow at what the underscore fantasy. Rookie running backs. And there's a lot of them. And they all kind of seem to be peaking where if you held on or maybe these guys carried you to a postseason, I'm looking at you, James Robinson, but maybe these guys are now on your team and you're having to make that decision in a semifinal, maybe in a weird league, you're in the finals, talking to you, Gardner, and you're looking at these guys, am I going to trust this rookie? Have I seen enough at this point where this guy – can get me a win, can get me, a, get me to a title game. So here's what I want you guys to do. I was supposed to have a pen. Oh, I got one. Here we go. Look at that. On the fly. It's a pencil. I haven't written with a pencil <laughs> in a long time. A clicky right. pen. Yeah, wow. No. Well, yeah, look at that. See, my fiance is in grad school, so there's, there's pencils and pens lying around. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want you to rank these guys in confidence 1 to 10. 10 being, it is a must start. Do not think about it. These guys are in your lineup. A one, put them on your bench, drop them. I don't care. I don't, I don't want to touch this player, okay? Let's start with Jonathan Taylor. Taylor this week, 15.4 projected fantasy points going up against the Houston Texans who rank 31st against running backs. Jonathan Taylor has 50 points in his last two games in half-point PPR. 10. 10 for Kyle. You don't matter. You are starting him. I think it's 10 too. I do. Naheem Hines shouldn't touch the ball too much in the passing game. They should be able to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. That team is eliminated. Do they start? Do they give JJ Watt a little bit of rest because they're out of the playoffs and he always has that injury history? I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor is a must, must start this week and going forward. Yeah, I'm with Kyle. Like, 50, like you said, Chet, 50 points, two games. Like, who are you going to find who's getting you better production than that on your team? If you've got a better running back, i got to hear who that is because I don't want you in my league ever because you're that good at fantasy football. <laughs> it, it, he has had, like, a meteoric rise. Because if I asked the same question to you three weeks ago, he, it, I guarantee it was below five. Because he had, five. he had injury concerns. And Naheem Hines seemed like he was the better back and getting more of the run and – Taylor was kind of forgotten about. Yeah, your hair is horrendous, guys. Um, <laughs> all right, so we have a 10 for Jonathan Taylor. 
who Kyle predicted was going to be a top 10 running back, finally coming into form. Speaking of coming into form, Cam Akers, 14.8 is projection this week against the Jets, 21st against running backs in fantasy. Akers is coming off 171 rushing yards against the Patriots in primetime. What is the confidence level in Cam Akers to win you a title? I'm going with an eight. And the only, I, I am very high on Cam Akers. His production and the snap count has been in his favor. And there are some Rams reporters saying that he's going to continue to get that upbeat. The only thing you've got to pay attention to is McVay loves to feed the hot hand, and there's still Henderson and Brown. So you still have that there, and those are runners. They're not pass catchers. They are running the balls, and that's what Cam Akers does. So – I think he's a must start as a two. If you have a, if he's going to be your flex option, you he's a ten out of flex. But if you need a running back specific player, I would put him at an eight. He's definitely going to be a starter probably nine times out of ten, though. I'm pretty close. I would go seven. The only difference is I think if you're a manager who may have, it's very possible you had Cam Akers on your bench last week or two weeks ago. Now it's like one of those. Yeah, exactly. Chet and Kyle both had their hands up. Now it's one of those things, though, like you don't want to make the mistake twice, which is not the right way always to do fantasy where it's like, well, that guy had a big game, so now he's going to have a big game. Like that's not how it works all the time. So just be a little careful. You don't want to put him in the lineup because you thought he made a mistake. you got to hope he's got a good match with the Jets. You guys both laid out a nice job of, you know, what he's done this whole season in that backfield for the last couple of weeks. It's like you guys are in my brain right now because you guys both bring up the exact points I was thinking. And you're going to see this trend with all of these rookies that I bring up is they all have favorable matchups, which makes it in some ways more difficult because if they had a bad matchup, you're like, I'm not risking it. I'm not doing it. But with a good matchup coming off of a good game, I'm with you guys. I think you guys are spot on. Kyle brings up the point that scares me the most. What if he has a bad opening drive or a bad two drives? the hot hand thing scares the bejesus out of me because if Henderson comes in and rips off a big run, he now becomes the hot hand. And you're looking at like, you're going to second guess of why did I start him? He's, this is the week to do it. If you held on and you need a running back, do it. You got to do it because it's a good matchup, but prepare yourself for potential disappointment. And I'm glad we did not do a podcast last week because I would have told everyone not to start him. So there you go. I, I like watching that Thursday game. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't advise people to bench him because he, he was so good against the Patriots. He was probably the most difficult one, I think, of this entire list. DeAndre Swift projected 14.4, facing the 26th defense in the Tennessee Titans. He did have a touchdown in his return. He missed three games with a concussion and then an illness. He was questionable all, le- all week last week with that illness. But he was on the field for 53% of the snaps against the Packers. Adrian Peterson was at 22. and Oh, sorry, 25 for Peterson, 22 for on Johnson. Stafford is questionable for this game against Tennessee. What do we think about the rookie out of Georgia? I would go, like, if – here's the thing. Carrion Johnson steals that touchdown in that game. If that's Swift, or if that's even Adrian Peterson, who, by the way, I'm in a league with my dad in one of these leagues. He had Swift. I had Peterson. We both lost in the quarterfinals. That touchdown may or may not have 
hurt both of us. But I would go six rather than eight. No, no, no. No, I'm changing mine. I'm going eight. Because I feel like if he scored a touchdown in that game, he would have been viewed a lot differently this week than last week. He did, he did he just score one touchdown. Carries. He did score one touchdown. He, he should have got a second one. Right. He should have had two. Right. right. Robbing me at the one. Which would have been a, yeah. That, Patricia. A, big, a, big, a big return. So if Swift's a top 12 running back or even top 10, especially when he's healthy, he's too hard to keep out of the lineup. He's just got to get the touches in the goal line. So I would go eight. I'm still pretty high on DeAndre Swift. I am actually the exact opposite. So I was having this talk with Chet about him. And this, this isn't going to be my main point, but Adrian Peterson scares me. He, his, his hawking at the goal line just scares me. The only other thing, I think the stat about Tennessee is very misleading. Their last three opponents, Jacksonville, James Robinson, Browns, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt, Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Their last three games, they have given up a whopping 88.3 yards per game on the ground. Uh, so the Titans definitely struggled early on with the rush, um, giving up a lot of it, but they are playing – their defense is playing pretty well right now. Um, I'm going to go with a five. Um, I think he's at best a flex play this week. Um, could he break out? Sure. Um, but Tennessee has been – has defense has been improving week in and week out. They are a very good defense. I think that has underperformed immensely this year. Um, and what is what happens? Is Matthew Stafford going to play? If Matthew Stafford doesn't play, DeAndre Swift, I don't think you start because they're going to key in on stopping the rush game and saying who's their who's their, whoever their backup quarterback. Go ahead and throw us. We'll we'll chance yeah. that. Like. It's the uh, the the journeyman Chase Daniel would would Chase get the start if it was not. And that and so it looks like you know according to reports, Stafford is very likely going to miss this game, and so it would be Daniel. And so like my my gut reaction is well, the offense is going to struggle. But does that increase the checkdowns for DeAndre? Are they going to get him involved in the passing game? A lot of quick hitters. You know, like uh, whenever I see a backup come in, I think, okay, maybe the tight end's going to get more work and there's going to be more checkdowns. Look what happened when Alex Smith came in a month ago and J.D. McKissick had like 11 receptions. It's because the guy wants to get the ball out quickly. They don't want him to make a lot of decisions. He's not as athletic as Stafford, not as good of a deep passer. So, like – it, you think, okay, there's going to be less opportunities to score, but maybe he gets more work with checkdowns and receptions. All right, we're going to run through a couple more. Uh, James Robinson. Is this just like a – it's a no-brainer? He's, he's projected at 14, facing Baltimore. Just got gashed by Kareem Hunt and Chubb. They're 16th against running backs. Currently RB4. He had 10 points last week, had a touchdown called back. Set it and forget it? Ten. Ten. Give him a 10. All right. Ten. Another tough one. We're going to run through a couple more. J.K. Dobbins, 13.3 projection facing Jacksonville, 29th against the run. He has a touchdown in three consecutive games, but maybe a scary stat, zero catches in two consecutive games. A little bit of a this, – this might come to a surprise. I think he's a 10 this week. Whoa! Um, yeah. So the big, the big reason I like him at a 10 – is because Mark Ingram's involvement is gone. But there's I mean, Gus he, Edwards. Gus Edwards had two touchdowns. So, and like we talked about, I literally told you in a text message, Gus Edwards at the goal line, and who was in there? J.K. Dobbins got a red zone touch. So, I think they're really going to start trying to involve Dobbins, especially down the stretch. They need to win games. They Dobbins is clearly the best running back in that in that backfield. Um, 
I and against that defense, I think the Ravens are going to gash them. They're going to have to play hard keys on Lamar if they want to even have a chance. So I am starting Dobbins in every league that I've got. No matter where I can fit him, I will start him. Um, surprise, I'm starting him over Zeke. I mean, that's not saying much. Three? I'm not as excited as Kyle is. Because isn't this boomer bust? Like, I feel like in the playoffs of anything, I'm the most afraid of a boomer bust player. Like, just one off the top of my head, Devontae Parker, right? Like, Devontae Parker got hurt in the game. And people are going to stare at Devontae Parker like, how could you? J.K. Dobbins could be the guy who gets, like, a touchdown in 20 yards, and you're like, how could you? (laughs) The risk of him failing is too scary for me. Even though he's been good, you had the stats, I would stay away if I could. Some people can't at this point, but if you could, I would. Uh, With – uh, Acres, Swift, and Dobbins. I feel about all the same about all three. Is that they're all in some sort of committee, but it all is so obvious to us that they're the best of the committee, and they should get the lion's share of the workload. But it's not. You're not a hundred percent confident it's going to happen. We're not the head coaches, so like you're going off of reports. And Kyle said one of the Acres reporter or uh, Rams reporters said that Acres. Like, don't be surprised if he continues being the workhorse. That gives you some confidence. But we saw with Gus Edwards, he gets a lot of work. Mark Ingram, you're no longer afraid of, which is a good thing. He gets the first play of the game, and that's it, which that literally (laughs) is what happened last night. One play, the first one, he's done. And then it goes back to Dobbins and uh, and Gus Edwards. But you just have to go with your gut sometimes in these situations. Like, all of them, with Swift being back, are trending in the right direction which is amazing that it's all happening simultaneously at the playoff time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing that you guys, you guys started off so consistent, and now we got some, uh, you know, guys like Swift more than Dobbins. Kyle's like Dobbins more than Swift. I think we're going to be pretty much all on the same page with this one. Clyde edwards Elair, 11.6 going up, going up against number one New Orleans Saints rush defense. He has had uh, Edwards Elair sub 40 rushing yards in back-to-back games. He did, though, have five receptions last week, which were his most since week three. So finally getting utilized the way he thought he would coming out of LSU as a receiving back. But he's the one of the, the few rookies trending in the wrong direction. What's the confidence level? If you've really – because you probably drafted him in the first round – you're probably not making a decision about this because you're probably in a consolation <laughs> bracket. But if anybody does have him and is still alive in the playoff hunt, where's your confidence level with CEH? Four, and he is a the only place I would play him is in a flex in an almost like a desperate scenario. Um, you're just gonna have you, sh- but like you said, he was a first round pick. Unless you got lucky with a James Robinson or somebody right. like that, right? You're in tr- you're in trouble. I mean, if you're if you're in this playoff spot, I hope to God you have another running back sitting there. Um, but he's at best a flex pick. He's about a four for me. I'm gonna give this what was in Lamar Jackson's pants last night, and that's a two. <laughs> It'd be a one if you didn't play for the Chiefs. I give him a two. <laughs> oh man, that was that was so well executed. Oh, I was going to say, there's no way you can go higher. Like uh, you're more confident in, 
in CEH over Dobbins. So a three and a two for Gaz. Please please also note, this is not scripted. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. I love it. And then the, uh, the other rookie, we will not forget this rookie like we did last time. This I'm talking to you, Alex Hendrickson, Uh, Antonio Gibson, but uh, I'm not sure if he's already officially, but likely not going to play against Seattle with turf toe. Um, He probably would have been in that locket, um, you know, close to a 10 for us, but, Ruled out with turf toe. So that's a tough break for anybody uh, who has Antonio Gibson. Am I forgetting any other rookie running backs? I think that's all of them. Isn't that amazing, guys, now that we've gone through that? Like, we've been doing this podcast for a very long two years. And I, this is crazy, though. In all the years that I've done fantasy, I can't remember a year where there's so many valuable rookies at the running back position that could potentially win you a championship. Yeah, it's wild. All right, Kyle. Win, win people some championships. Who are the guys on the waiver? If you're going to stream a defense, pick up a kicker. I'm not sure if you have a kicker on this list. Who are the guys that you want to stream uh, and pick up on the waiver wire? Not wasting my time with a kicker. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> well, one quick note about that. Did you see the news out of Tampa? Out, they're all on COVID reserve right now. And so that is a, do you roll the dice? Or you, I mean, Suckup has been a top five kicker for most of the year. And I'm just saying, you know, you might be able to stream a kicker. Good luck. Just don't take Parky. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Find a kicker um, who kicks indoors. My yep. best advice. So I tried to go for this week's waiver wires. One per position. I have one honorable mention on there. Um, but for the quarterback spot, he played last night and Boy, has he looked good over the last two games. Baker Mayfield, he's he's cooking. Uh, back-to-back 30-point games. Decent matchup this week against the Giants where I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, Baker's going to have to play well. And if these two last two games, he just played a very good Ravens secondary and torched them, if he can play even similar to that, he's going to have a 20, 25-point game. That's enough to win you. And then he's going up against the J-E-T-S. So if you're in a team that's streaming a quarterback, uh, grab Baker, 29% owned in the ESPN leagues. He should be there. Uh, but I am, I'm actually getting more and more love for Baker as these last couple of weeks have gone by. I love it. I love it. Um, so I'll run through these real quick. Then we can just chat about any, any of the other ones. So running back. So this is probably an odd, uh, a blatant one, but surprise, surprise, everybody. Raheem Mostert has an ankle injury. Stop the presses. Big, big news here. Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, only owned in 13% of leagues. You don't really need to do too much talking about that uh, San Francisco offense. He should be get in line. I think he had 11 touches when Mostert went out last week. Um, so there really should be no, no question here. He's also got um, Arizona. And, or excuse me, Dallas this week and Arizona in week 16. So very good matchups going there. Um, so I do like Jeff, um, Jeff Wilson Jr. The honorable mention we just talked about a little bit goes to Gus Edwards. Um, he is 24% owned. Um, he, he's got some of those moments where you're like, ooh, I could start him in a flex. Ooh, I'm desperate. I need, I need to try to salvage something. He obviously has um, get some carries in there. No Ingram. You're, you're between Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, Gus got two touchdowns last night. He also looked pretty good on the goal line within the 30. So 
Gus Edwards, I think, makes the honorable mention just because he could save you if you are in a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation and you need that running back to sub in. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm not going to go with my absolute sleeper yet. So, wide receiver goes to Mr. Rashad Higgins. He is only owned in 8.6% of leagues. Listen to these wow. stats. Two touchdowns in the last two games. Six catches in, la- in each of the last two games. A whopping 19 targets over the last two weeks. Um, with Baker cooking, I love huh, – I put Huggins, not Higgins. Um, I love Higgins this week. Pick up Coach Huggins, baby. <laughs> Weird. Um, but my favorite part is he is going to solidify him as a wide receiver too this week. I think looking out – and then you've got the Jets. What can he do against the Jets? So, love, love Higgins, especially if you're in that – you've got two wide receivers. What's your flex look like? He is a must-start and a great start in a flex if you can grab him, especially over these next two. He could help you win a championship because you just need to fill that flex, flex spot. So, love Higgins. I'm going to skip my tight end. I'm going to go to the def- I'm gonna go to the defense. Um, this one – uh, the defense is very thin in the two leagues that I really dove into into wire looks. Philly. So, a little gross, but they have been a top 10 fantasy defense this year. Only been negative twice. One of them was uh, very early in the year. Um, they do have – people will be afraid of this week's matchup with Arizona, but Murray has not been the same since getting injured. I think he hasn't had a 20-point game in four weeks. So, Murray. Oh Murray hasn't been great, and their run defense is very good. So if they can take away Murray's ability to run, Kyler might try to force some throws. Get you might get a pick. Um, the other thing you have to look at is Kenyon Drake had had ball security last week against Giants, and he fumbled three times, and they got them all back. But um, he put the ball on the turf. He even took himself out of the game because he was fumbling. So um, I think they'll be able to produce six to ten points pretty safe next week. Um, and then the championship week, if you make it's Dallas. So I think you're going to want to start them if they play Dallas. So love Philly. Then the tight end spot. So you're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report here. Chad, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I'm just waiting for Dawson Knox to come out of your mouth. Oh, it's not Dawson Knox. No, 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 no. That guy can't catch. And I love you, Dawson, but you can't catch. Bud. Um, <laughs> I hope I say his, his name right. Durham Smythe. Does anybody know who he is? I've he heard is that the backup name. in Miami. Mike uh-huh. Gusecki went out. He is hurt. There is still no real idea if he's going to play. The tight end uh, involvement in Miami has been wild. Now, Mike Gusecki is proving to be potentially an elite tight end. He is great. The dude's got hands of gold. But the other thing you've got to remember, Parker might not play. So they're going to be down to just a couple wide receivers and Durham Smythe. So the tight, with the tight end involvement there, I think he could be a home run hitter, especially if you have, like, your starting tight end is a Janu Smith where you rely on those red zone targets or, you know, you have a lower tier tight end who hasn't been producing. If you are in one of those where you're the whole, I hate the forecast standpoint, but if you're in need of, I need a big play, what's my least potential uh, risk, grab him. The tight end involvement's there, especially if Parker doesn't play, he might come out as the second catching option for, um, for Tua. So um, I actually kind of like Jeremy Smite this week. Um, so for quarterback isn't there, Baker, isn't oh. there a, another tight end Sheehan or something? Um, I think Sheehan is also there, but I thought Smythe got the majority of the. You got more of the work. Okay, I be- I believe that's what I was seeing. 
I remember I had a week where I had to start Mike Gusecki early in the year, and Sheehan, I think his name is Sheehan, yes. scored like two touchdowns. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But, yeah, interesting. So, okay. Yep. And, bo- and just, you know, both of them had two catches. Both of them had about 20 yards, and both of them got 2.9 points last week. So, um, we'll see what happens. I kind of want – I would roll the dice with Smythe. Interesting. I like it. I like, I like the Philly play. I think we're – like you get stuck with when a, t- a defense has been bad for a year or two, you're like, all right, I'm never touching that defense. They can't – you know, was it, was it last year or two years ago? Like everyone just threw on the Eagles. Like they could not defend yep. the pass at all. They go get Darius Slay, who I think you also have to note, keep an eye on his injury report. I think he got injured in the last game. But they've been playing much better. They've been playing more of the, you know, Fletcher Cox blowing things up and playing better defense. So you can't always get stuck with the, you know, right off a team because they were bad the year before. These defenses can figure it out and, uh, and perform. Any comments, guys, on the waiver wire ads? Are you, are you feeling it with Baker? Love Baker. Love the call on Baker. I think the other ones, this is a tough part about (laughs) we go back to this every week it seems at this point i promise you chet depth doesn't matter you're getting zeros on your playoff lineups this is the point that it doesn't matter (laughs) you better have a good lineup out there already deandre washington was a big pickup be careful is my advice here the next two weeks because you don't want to overthink a start on a waiver wire my best advice and i think kyle might agree with this too use the waiver wire as a hider is what i call it don't let your opponent who might lack a running back, tight end, quarterback, start that person against you. Seriously, dump your guys and just don't let your opponent beat you on a big waiver wire claim. I know that sounds a little cheaty, but like nope. that's how I, I play it. the wire. I love it. You want to block you want to block your opponents. And the other thing I like to say, and I think guys you were kind of hinting at it, is like backups are backups for a reason. There there are certain situations that are better than others, but like you always have to calm down a little bit when you're like, Oh, Josh Jacobs is out. That means that this is good. No, a backup's a backup, and you have to temper expectations sometimes. They're not going to have the same production because, again, there's a reason why they're the backup. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at these guys and filling in for injured players. All right, guys, you're up. Real or Mirage? We already touched on one with the, the playoff lineup set up, how we want to do it. What are some other Real and Mirage this week? Yes, three quick ones here for you. I enjoy all these. Real or Mirage, if you could pick one player on your fantasy football teams this playoff stretch, you get one player, anybody you want, that player would be Derrick Henry. Real or Mirage? Well, let me pull it. We both take our phones out to see who he's going to play. <laughs> Do you have the matchups in front of you guys? I uh, don't, I but here's – I don't even need the matchups. That's how confident I am in my real oh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I'm going to say Mirage. You said real? Okay. Real. Yes. I'm going to say Mirage. What's that? Lions in Green Bay, real. Mm, yeah, he's going he's gonna to feast against the Lions, isn't he? Yep. Well, that game might get over early. I don't know how much fourth quarter usage he's going to get. Uh, without looking at lineups and off the top of my head, I would probably say Devontae Adams. Ooh, okay. He might be I, my number one that I would want. That guy's just like, he's literally guaranteed a freaking touchdown every week. It's become disgusting. Yes, I, I'm, I'm definitely. I definitely would. I, you know what? You Ooh, did, right, right? did I you sway you? I don't even know who they're playing. I don't know who the Packers are playing, but I just, I just sit here and say, running backs are so darn valuable that would I would I rather have a 20 point performer in the next two weeks 
or a possible 10 and then be able to sub in a good wide receiver. I don't know. That's tough. I'm still going to – I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to go real with, with Henry. I would love to have Henry over the next two weeks. Yeah. It's, it's weird about Henry because, like, real quick here on the fantasy talk conversation of the playoffs, we know all-time great fantasy football players, LaDainian Tomlinson, Peyton Manning. We know players in the playoffs that have been good, like real football, Tom Brady and others. There's not, like, a combination of, like, the greatest fantasy football playoff player. Maybe it's too many variables. Maybe it's still too fresh. Henry could become that guy. Henry could become Mr. December, if you want to call him that, in fantasy football. I would go real. The next one, Real or Mirage, the most frustrating player in fantasy football playoffs will be Taysom Hill. Mirage. Because as fun as it's been, and if anybody got to sneak him in at the tight end position, he likely wasn't your QB1. And maybe you were desperate and you had to play him. And, and he actually, again, he did well as, as the starting quarterback for the Saints because of those rushing touchdowns. But I think it's pretty easy. I'm not sure what the exact report is. I know according to ESPN, they're expecting Drew Brees to start this week. Does anybody have an update on Brees' status? But if Brees is out, you're not – obviously you're not starting him at quarterback. Are you saying like you'd consider you, – his only designation this week would be quarterback. I would say real why I think about Taysom Hill is because if you have him on your team, the rushing touchdowns are so taste, you know, so tempting. And if you're playing against him, you're probably screaming like, why are you playing Taysom Hill? Why am I losing to a tight end? Like, that's the frustration level. I think if you lose against Taysom Hill, you're never going to let yourself go. True. Because everyone had a shot at him, too. I guess if you – you know, everyone did have a shot at him because he didn't get announced the starting quarterback till later in the week, a few weeks ago. So you, you could have picked him up if you were on top of it. But is, is it true or false? Isn't Breeze supposed to come back this week? I heard some rumors that he was. I heard they were not going to rush him back, whatever that means. Ooh, so there is a chance you'd get him again for a quarterback position. Yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're saying because you just be like, this is – it's because you could be doing so well, meaning like you're facing T- Taysom Hill and – He's only put up a few points, and then he rips off a 30-yard touchdown run. And you're just like, what is that? It's kind of the same thing you sometimes feel when you're facing Lamar Jackson. He's being contained. He's being contained. 50-yard rushing touchdown. You're like, oh, I'm going to lose. That, that's fun. Uh, so, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's going to become irrelevant by next week. Uh, I think he goes to the bench. Now, that would have yeah. been interesting, though. If, if Breeze came back this week and Taysom was reverted back to playing more tight end snaps, that would have been an interesting championship scenario for fantasy. Uh, it'd be the first week that he'd be back as a tight end based on his previous snaps that week. That would have been super interesting. So I can't imagine they're just going to completely eliminate him from the passing game. Now that they have these packages, they've seen him succeed at the goal line. He could, I could see a situation where Breeze works the middle of the field and Taysom gets it within the 20 as a quarterback. So yeah, that but that likely won't happen if he doesn't if he doesn't play this week because then it'd be too late. Yeah, Mirage as well. I th- I think there's I just think there's so many other players that are, I, I would be frustrated with like Kenyon Drake's one that just frustrates me every time. One day, Bill, I mean, he's been great the last two weeks, but before that he's been he was so hit and miss. I mean, DeAndre Swift. I, there's there's so many other players, and then I think there's also options on the waiver wire that you could potentially just be like oh, okay, I, I I after seeing Taysom Hill kind of be contained a little bit. I would bench him, so I kind of go with Mirage on that one, too. Last one here. Now, I got to explain it a little bit, as I usually do my last money Mirage, is to give a little context. Real Mirage, 
if you're playing in the playoffs, you must play every player at every position in your lineup, a.k.a. If you've got a lead on Monday night football by three points, you're not allowed to bench somebody for the Monday night game, including defenses. Real Mirage, you must have to, in every league, start everybody in your lineup and not try to bench guys when you have a lead on a Monday night game. Mirage, Mirage. bench them. You got the dub, you bench them. Has that, <laughs> has, that ever, has that ever come up before in one of your leagues? Of course. It's yes. a hot topic? Oh, I, yeah, no, nope, bench them. Game in the bag, not risking it. So what, what happens in this scenario, Chet? Say you're up half a point going into Monday Night Football. Stat corrections. Say, say that happens and you have a running back. Well, obviously running back might be different, but what do you do in that scenario? I, I agree. I think it's Mirage. Bench them. Get them the hell out of my lineup. I, if there's a stat correction, shame on me, but nah. Ooh, that that'd be tough to, that would be tough to live with. If the stat correction – and if you'd played the defense, you would have won. Ooh, baby, that might be my retirement for fantasy right there. I'm in a couple bonus leagues where, you know, get 100 yards rushing, get three-point bonus, 300 yards. You know, if you're at 99 or 101, like you guys are saying about the stat correction, I, I know I would bench him. I, so it's Mirage. I know I would. But as someone who's out of the playoffs in some leagues, I don't know if you guys – I think you guys are like me, where you follow what's going on in the league, obviously. Sure. It takes away the drama for me. So I can rip apart everyone who does it until it's me because I would do the same thing. But I want as much drama in my league, especially after that Ravens-Browns game, that I want them to be forced to start everybody. It makes it more fun. We peaked <laughs> that game. We are never going to see that the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to throw out a real mirage that just popped into my head because I was thinking about doing this uh, in one of the leagues that I'm a commissioner in. Real or mirage, rules should be set in place for these playoffs that if a Monday – I'm going to use Monday night as the example. If a Monday night abruptly gets canceled because of COVID, that so – we've this is going to be – I'm not going to do the normal real mirage because it's so long, but you, you get the yeah. gist. So earlier in the year, we've had COVID scares, right, where we've talked about on this podcast, you should allow people to say, this is my sub for this player. And maybe we should have been doing this all along because there's a chance where tests come back on a Monday – before the Monday night game, and they have a positive and they can't play the game. And then you didn't have time to say, I want this wide receiver. To, like, because we have, it'd get, it'd get frustrating. It'd be a lot right. of texting in the group texts that are already long enough. But because it's playoffs, and this is crucial, should there be rules set in place that says, replace it with the highest projected bench player? I would go real with, with how you said it. Who was the highest projected? So I we don't have to go and, and like figure out like again you you could do it be a text if you wanted like I would rather have DeAndre Swift than Cam whatever but if you don't do that it should just be an automatic somehow if Monday night there's a cop you know COVID outbreak they cancel the game it's your championship and you had X amount of players in that game what do you do so like should there be rules in place as it's freaking 2020 guys. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours every day. So should we put rules in place to make sure this will be our fallout plan? These will be my back. Like, what do you guys think? Real Mirage, that rules should be put in place so we make sure that these championships don't get ruined. I think you're going down with the ship for a Monday night game because there's no fair way to do it. Because why is it not the lowest? Why is it the highest? Why is it not the second highest? 
it's too arbitrary at that point for a Monday night game. Let's you're saying if the entire game gets canceled too, right? Like you can't go like you know you can go get RG three or McStory if Lamar goes. It's the last game of the week, and a Monday test. You you had no inclination that there was going to be COVID. It was just like tests come back. Lamar took a shit and he's got COVID. Games canceled, and now you're just like, oh my god, my QB one. Like you just don't get that. So you say over champ, dude. You imagine how irate people would be. I think that's the only way you can do it because if you pick the highest scoring people on your bench, no highest so- projection. Projected. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Of it's not unfair. Of like, well, yeah, clearly I would have played Rashard Higgins, who had three touchdowns. That was obvious. No, no. no. So based on this, was my highest projected backup running back, and it could be a goose egg. It could have been a horrible game, but it's like no matter what, if I lose my Monday night players, God so hates it. It's too arbitrary. It's too. I know it's very on brand for 2020. I can't do it. I can't get with it. Oh, See, it's God, funny. This, is, this is reminding happen. me of I'm in a I'm in a pick'em league where we just straight up pick the winners and losers every week. We've been doing it since college, and one of those college years, my buddy had a golf tournament or something, and he forgot his picks, and he texted me at like 1:05 at kickoff on the links. He goes, "Just for my picks, I want all the favorites." He goes, he goes, I don't have time to look at the games. Whoever's the favorited team, that's my pick for all of them. And I, I was livid. And I, <laughs> when he came back, I go, you will never pull that again. Um, but it's kind of the same idea where it's like you're going with projections. I don't know. I'm thinking about including that in one of my commissioner leagues. Guys, you're in the playoffs in that one of those leagues. So I guess we yeah. will not be incorporating that. I'll put it out as a feeler. But if you make the championship, which you're facing your co-host, LeVac, this week, if you're in the championship and you lose your Monday night game, I'm going to laugh and laugh. <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> All right. Final part of the episode. We end every episode, at least in this 2020 season, with the name game. Oh, Kyle's getting – I think I've stumped you guys like two weeks in a row. Was it? I think so. I'm losing track. I know I stumped you guys last week. Or actually, we didn't do one last week. So, two weeks ago. All right. Name game. For the hottest hitting safety in the league. Buddha Baker, Arizona Cardinal safety. What is the real name of Buddha Baker? Is it Buddha Baker? Is it Brighton Baker? It's like bright with O N at the end. Brighton. Is it Bashard Baker? Or is it Robert Washington Baker? Hey, what was C? Oz thinks it's Buddha Baker. What was the third one? What was C? Bashard Baker. I'm going to go B. Brighton. Brighton. Both of you have been stumped again. It was C. It was C. It was Bashard Buddha Baker. Buddha is just his nickname. That's not actually his, on his birth certificate. Yep. Dang. Failure. Bichard. I really thought the Robert Washington was going to get you because it's like Buddha's kind of like Bubba, kind of like Bob, Robert. Nope. Got you with Brighton, which I just made up. I think that's a town in Massachusetts. I thought Robert Washington was a Syracuse reference. They almost unretired 44 for that recruit. If you could look that up, that story. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's another edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. Hopefully, 
We're going to help guide you to a championship. We're all in semifinal matchups ourselves. Shoot us a text. Send us a message on Twitter at what the underscore fantasy. We'll try to answer your questions as we, uh, we wind down on the fantasy football season. Final words. Enjoy the playoffs. Roll around yep. on the floor. Have fun. Enjoy these last couple of weeks of the NFL because it has gone by way too fast. Just like the diarrhea. Oh, um, yeah, that statement I, right there is mind-blowing at the beginning of the year, but it makes sense at this point. Yep. So I actually go Dobbins this week as a 10. 